Welcome, friends, to Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter. We bring you the greatest female voices in the music industry, from the artists, songwriters, and producers, to managers and executives, and all the women who make the music industry what it is today. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Crazy Women Country. I'm Donna, and today I am here with Miss Mary Scholes. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to get to chat with you today. Oh, it's my pleasure. So you're in L.A., so I always like to kind of talk about the weather a little bit because we know Florida's hot and humid. So uh, yes, at is. least just hot. Always just hot and dry. <laughs> hot and dry with lots of like allergies floating around right now. Everything's in bloom, which is awesome. It's beautiful. And it's also... Sneeze Town, USA, I think, for a lot of folks right now. Oh, well, I would definitely switch up for a little bit because of the humidity, for sure. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's crazy what a difference it makes. Sometimes we're desperate for some more humidity here, and sometimes, like, when I do go back east and get to experience it, I'm like, oof. <laughs> well, I'm sweating <laughs> three seconds after stepping yeah. out of the shower, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, humidity is brutal. So tell us, who is? Mary Schultz. Oh, well, that's me. Um, <laughs> so I am a singer-songwriter, Americana artist. I'm originally from Philly, and I live been based in Los Angeles for 11 years now. And I have been playing music, writing music. I've been touring for 15 years and releasing records and EPs and singles and all the variations of things um, during that time frame. So <clears throat> I write music about the journey, I think, of the human experience. So a lot about transition and heartache and growth, uh, personal growth and personal journey, and a lot about the experience of womanhood um, in our current times and things like that. Those are those are a lot of the topics. And healing, healing is a big theme of, of what I write about. You have some great songs because I mean I was listening to some of older stuff as well and like Tennessee and uh, even Lady Liberty. I, you know, just Thank I you. love that eclectic mix because you know there are some people that record after record things like they sound the same, and then when you see growth or or different growth in different areas, it's, it's just it's so beautiful to see that those changes and and awesome music by the way. So I appreciate that. Thank you. It's it's interesting because. I have been very happy to get to shift and change, you know, as I do and as my musical interests change. <clears throat> I think there's a very steady through line of the of the type of songwriting that I do. And, you know, everything can be broken down to a real like folk, you know, acoustic yeah. guitar vocal yeah. tune. And what I what we do with it production wise has been has been fun. And um it's been interesting because over the years I've sort of vacillated between the folk part and the pop part and the country part and this, you know, sort of Americana. Sorry, it's not some loud, loud street here. Sometimes <laughs> it's all good. Um, and and I used Welcome to say to everyday that, America. Right, right, right. I used to say that I really wanted to have like my dream was to have a bluegrass band behind me but doing my material, which is not bluegrass. It's, it's more in this folk rock world. And that's essentially what we have on this record. And what I've been able to do, you know, I've been able to play 
a few big shows with the full band and we're a seven piece when we play mm-hmm. all together, which is hard to get to pull off because it's, it's a lot of folks. It's, it's a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. costs yes. a lot of money to have that many people on stage. And, and um, so it's a real treat when we get to do that. But I was recognizing that that's essentially what I got to do on this record is have this sort of variation of a bluegrass band on this neo-folk material, which I'm very excited mm-hmm. for people to hear. Yes, I'm, I'm excited to hear the rest of it, too. Um, so Begin Again will be coming out on July 22nd. By the time this airs, everyone will get to hear it. So yes. I'm definitely excited. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. about 10 songs, and um, two of them are already out right now. We have a song called Talk To Me was the first single, and a song called Tired Sad was the second single. Um, they're not as uh, Americana as I think the rest of the record is, but something that I've enjoyed about this record is that I think it really moves through those things I was talking about and these different spaces within the Americana genre and my own influences. Um, And it's sort of, it's it's a real, it's a real journey emotionally as well as musically. So it doesn't really sit in the exact same zone the entire time, but it really talks to itself and to each other. I think it works. It works nicely. So I'm definitely excited to hear the rest. Um, now, tell me a little bit about Talk To Me. How did you kind of come up with the idea? Like, I mean, some people have, when they're writing, they come up with these ideas. Some people get their ideas from real life or from fictional characters like a book or, you know, wherever, and then they take parts of themselves. So so how did you come up with the idea for that and the other song um, on that on this album? Sure. So Talk To Me actually was one of a couple of tunes that were I wrote years ago that kind of got buried for whatever reason. In this case, I had written it <clears throat> probably, I think it was right after I released the, my 2017 record, California. So at the time I was really touring those songs. I was playing those songs live and I had written this one, but never performed it never performed it. And I, as we were going through songs to consider for this record, I found a video of myself in San Francisco. I was staying with a friend before a show and they had a piano and I sat down, took a video of myself playing this song. And I'm so grateful because I had forgotten about it <laughs> and I had to relearn how, you know, how to play it and, and what the lyrics were and all that. But this song really came from the the national discourse and over the last, you know, at the time it was really just very intense with the election of 2016 election and all that. Mm-hmm. And there was so much in the way of people who wouldn't, who were not open to having a, a discussion about things or conversation about things. And 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 really got stuck up on their high horse you know that's that's that's, people get very like indignant and know that this is what i believe and that's the only way which is harsh and hard and Mm -hmm. not really something that helps us progress as as a community or as you know well as let's just leave there as a community so so the song really starts out sounding like i'm talking to a partner or a lover and really what then it opens up to that you can hear it's just like two a gen, you know, the generalized opposite side of the opinion. And it's just an encouraged, you know, it's just like, you're just going to be stuck there forever. And we're never going to get anywhere if you pretend like we're not breathing the same air. So <clears throat> the song itself is really, it's a piano tune. And it's really like got this very, you know, steady rhythm to it and the band around it sounds awesome. And it, it ended up having this funk feel to it, which makes me so happy. 
a little bit outside of what I've done before. And <clears throat> I think it's just one that you can turn on while you're in the car when you're frustrated and sing, mm -hmm. you know, when you need to get it out and you just need to blast something. That's the song. That's the song for that. Absolutely. And, that, and I'm glad you kind of told the whole story behind it because, you know, that's exactly kind of like, even now, I mean, there are times where people are still the same way and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm oh, willing yeah. to, whatever my politic, political beliefs are, I'm willing to have the conversation. I may not be right. You may not be right, but I will agree to disagree with you and we'll still be friends tomorrow. And that's, that's the type of person I am. So yeah, that's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's tricky. And it, it was one of those things that, you know, when I pulled it up, I had a bit of a self-conscious feeling, you know, as a writer, you're like, everything that I'm writing now is better than what I wrote before, hopefully. <laughs> so there's a feel, there was a feeling initially when I put it in under, you know, as on, on a list of possible choices and then to have, so I worked with Jonathan Wilson on this record. He produced mm -hmm. it. And, um, and I've, I've been like, I've co-produced or, or been the head producer on most, on all of my records previously. So it was fun for me when I <clears throat> turned in this song list for him to listen to. And it was like the, uh, it wasn't the first thing he picked, but it was one of the first things that he picked. And I was like, Oh, okay. That still stands, you know, and it, it really does. It's so relative still now because yes. <laughs> because because <Yeah>. of now <laughs> and all the discussions that people need to be having and mm -hmm. all of the you know it's a very tricky time and there's a lot to be said and I think a lot of reframing needs to be done for folks and their understanding of what certain things mean and the only way to do that is to have a conversation absolutely I couldn't agree more with you so if, if you haven't listened to the cd already everyone go listen now um you can get it. I'll have all the links in the descriptions. It's called begin again. So you can go get your digital copy or you can go buy an actual copy, whatever yes, you prefer. Well, we have CDs. I'll be available on my website and we're going to actually print. We're printing to vinyl also, which as you know, oh, nice. vinyl printing is delayed right now because of everything. So, so that'll be a little bit later. That'll be a fun extra release um, when that happens, but we'll be printing to, to vinyl. Oh, wonderful. And it's so great to see the vinyl coming, making it come back, you know? It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's such a, just a beautiful and rich sound and, and such a mm -hmm. nice way to experience music. We really have just, just accepted this, like everything is fast paced and everything you can get right away. And everything is just like at your fingertips in 30 seconds, 60 seconds, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And there's something really beautiful and relaxing about the idea and the, mm -hmm. and the practice of pulling out a vinyl and putting it on your turntable and taking the time to let it play and listen through the whole thing. It's like, it's mm -hmm. like having a, a coffee ritual. I think that's why people yes. love their coffee rituals so much because it gives us all a time, a moment to like slow down and appreciate, mm -hmm. which is so necessary. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with you. So who are some of the women that inspired you to do music? Oh, Wow. I'll, I'll start with my mom. My mom plays the uh, organ and the piano, and she uh, she's probably the first musician I ever knew that would make sense. Her and my, my dad as well is a musician. Um, but so, well, when I was very young, I was a huge fan of Whitney Houston and Mariah mm -hmm. Carey and Amy Grant and um, and... I mean, I had my Paula Abdul days, you know, there was so many, there were so many women in the, on the like earlier side that were mm -hmm. sort of in dancing around in this pop world. 
it really wasn't until a little bit later that I fell in love with Joni Mitchell. I don't really know how I missed the boat on that to begin with. My dad is a huge James Taylor fan. And so we listened to James Taylor all the time when I was younger. And for whatever reason, I, I never listened to or even really knew about Joni Mitchell until I was a little older. And people were like, oh, you kind of remind me of her vocally. There's something about you that reminds me of Joni Mitchell. And I now know what a great honor that is for someone to say. So um, she is someone who has been a big influence on me, um, inspiration. It's such a great question. I'm like, oh, man. Right now, I really am such a fan of Brandi Carlisle um, and what she's been doing. I just something about her voice like affects me emotionally then i think that's a really special thing when you come across that that those Mm -hmm. types of people um yeah i'm sure i'm gonna have a flood in my mind of like all these women (laughs) that i wish i had named you know at the time but that that's we'll go with that for now maybe later on i'll pipe in like oh my gosh but also (laughs) no worries it's perfect i mean we all i also actually actually now that i'm saying that i do want to say too that like on the sort of flip side of the spectrum I found like Alanis Morissette and Gwen Stefani extremely influential because of their just, uh, just unabashed, I am who I am and like, hear mm-hmm. me roar, you know? And that was also like a big deal because for me, you know, and I think for a lot of people that was just like, oh, <laughs> I'm allowed to be that version of myself out loud too. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll throw those into the mix. Definitely great influences. And that's what I've always loved Alanis Morissette's songwriting because she, I think she did a lot to change the structure of what was commercially yeah. acceptable because, you know, like, and, and if I go into the country realm, I mean, uh, Melissa Moss, she just wrote that book about, you know, her country. And, and the one thing she said about some of the songwriting was sippy yeah. cup songs, which yeah, I can agree. Yeah. That's what we always called them romance from the outsider, if you will. But yeah, it's the same theory, but, and that's the one thing, you know, she definitely did the change in the nineties because it was that standard, you know, you can't the yeah. verses are all the same there's no different verse and she started changing verses and yeah you know, being more and, creative and yes and just like emotion and the most raw way which was mm-hmm. just awesome um and i love allison krauss there's another one oh, yes yeah. i'm like oh, allison krauss <laughs> ah what a what a like the voice and the music and all of it yeah. and her band and that was one of the things that really struck me as like okay i want like a bluegrass band, like Alison Krauss has, you know, and, and the music won't be quite as bluegrass, but I want that instrumentation. And, you know, now I'm playing with a fantastic pedal steel player who also plays like Wise and Born and Dobro with me and all that stuff. So the dreams are coming true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, so would you like to get into our 20 crazy questions? Oh, sure. Let's do it. Let me take a sip of water so I can, so I can respond quickly. <laughs> Is this like one of those well, things where it's like just a short, like quick answer? Uh, if Yes. I mean, there might be a couple that have a little more thought to them. Um, and okay. if there's no right or wrong answer, it's fun, get to know you. And I promise we won't get arrested yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. So the first one started out really easy. Tell us, what's your dance like nobody's watching song that you cannot not dance to? Oh, shoot. I'll say, well, it used to be, it used to be 22 by Taylor Swift. I think I, I grew out of that one a long time ago, but I still love it. Dance like no one's watching song. Mm-hmm. You know what? 
there's a song on the on the Marin Morris record that came out like a couple of years ago that when I put on, I oh man, I can't remember what it is. <laughs> can I look it up? Can I take a second to look you it can up? Look it up. Absolutely. Okay. I'll put the Jeopardy music on and it'll all be good. <laughs> <laughs> How quickly can I pull up this Marin oh. Morris record? Why can't I remember what the song is called? Or even how it goes. This is a, this is my problem with, with quick, quick questions. My brain is like, yep. oh, no, we, we're not doing that today. Yeah, but see, I think that's something with the musicians, too, in general, because you get so much, you're doing so much and not necessarily listening to the music at the time. You know, you're doing so much that that's you're true. like, wait, I know this song. And, you know, just okay, wire your brain girl. for certain things. Oh, well, I, I love all my favorite people. Maybe that was maybe that's it. It's all my favorite people. I just think that that's. It's just like so fun. The feels is, is also really time. fun. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, classic would be Whitney Houston's. I want to, uh, you know, just I want to. I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> Those are all beautiful songs. <laughs> so tell us, what do you feel is the perfect workout song or genre? Well, let's see. This morning I went for a, a jog. And I put on like just a mix and it was, I, I really enjoy working out to pop music. The, today the mix was more was like Brandy Carlisle, um, Chris Trapper, Iron and Wine. And it was like a very mellow workout list and it actually worked very nicely. And I appreciated that. Um, but I do like a good, I do like a good like top 40 workout list. It's, it's fun. Um, but I think that if you have a workout song, like if you've got a playlist, um, I have a song called Dig In on my lonesome. Oh my gosh, who's this cutie? This little cutie is Jessie. She was scratching and scratching and scratching, so I had to pick her up. <laughs> I she love says, it. Hi, Hi Jessie. <laughs> Hello. I have a sleeping cat next to me and another one. I don't know where he is, but the other one is always usually on my lap in any kind of Zoom setting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, I had a, a, a songs on a shuffle the other day and one of my songs from my EP that I released last year called Dig In came up and it's, it's like a very country, up-tempo, fun tune. And, and I was like, I was like, oh, this jogs well. <laughs> I should be pitching this to work out to, to like jog, are there jogging playlists? Probably. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> start your own and start sharing it with everyone. There you go. Right, right, right. <laughs> casually put my own music yeah. in we do that that's what we that's what you gotta do yeah. it you gotta do it you gotta do some shameless self-plugging they call that i believe right oh yes yeah. oh for sure shameless self-promotion that all day every day is the story <laughs> of my life <laughs> well tell us what are the top two concerts you've ever been to okay top two concerts i've ever been to Um, I saw a very like last minute, I think part of the reason the concert was amazing was not just because the concert, but like the, the way in which we saw it, It it's like a last minute realizing that Mumford and Sons was playing Mm -hmm. in San Bernardino, which is about two hours, hour and a half or so east of here. And my roommate and at the time is one of my best friends. And we were, I was like, Hey, Mumford and Sons is playing. And I found cheap tickets on the lawn. And he was like, when I'm like, in about an hour and a half. And he was like, well, how long will it take to get there? And I said, it'll take us about an hour and a half. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's go. 
So we hopped in the car and we drove out and we saw the show and it was just, it was just a great, great show. Um, that was when they were promoting, um, not the, not the record with the cave on it, but the one after that, I think it was Babel. Is that the name of that record? It was Babel. Babel. That was a great, great concert. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of any James Taylor concert that I've seen as always feels like just a wonderful experience, but I did just get to see, I keep talking about her on this, on this interview. How embarrassing. I did just get to see Brandy Carlisle two weeks ago at the Greek and it was fantastic. It was just a great show. Well, that's awesome. That's okay. I mean, sometimes our favorite musicians and she's, yeah, she's going to sleep. She's like, whatever. I don't care about musicians. I go to sleep. (laughs) But yeah, I think that just happens. It's like uh, I was going through a phase when I first got to see um, Ashley McBride and no one knew who she was and she was okay. still up and coming. And I was telling everyone about her. I'm like, she had just gotten signed. And I'm like, oh, you got to go listen to her. And she was playing locally here at a small place and she was actually the opener. And I was like trying to get everyone to go and like no one would go. And they're like afterwards and like a year later, they all emailed me and called me, whatever. Like, we're so sorry we didn't go with you. I'm like, yeah, you lost out. Sorry. Missed <laughs> but, out. Missed out. Yeah. So, so tell us albums and artists we need to listen to before we die. And it might be the same ones that you've already mentioned and that's okay, but okay. what would you recommend? Albums and artists you need to listen to before you die. I'm going to start with Rosie Thomas. Um, she is wonderful. And I'm going to look up which record. I, let's see, which, which one should I, should I say is the one? Um, I mean, you could listen to any of her records. When We Were Small, These Friends of Mine, just a uh, beautiful songwriter, beautiful voice, really just, she's someone uh, who, I, who influenced me a lot and who I really, <clears throat> I was grateful to go see. I was like, was, somebody rec- sent me one of her songs years and years ago and then she was playing as so i was still living in philly she was playing at royal cafe live and i went to go see her and i just found the experience to be so beautiful speaking of like favorite concerts mm-hmm. and this is not the question that you asked me but i'm going to talk about it anyway <laughs> after the <laughs> show i stuck around to say hi to her and i was just starting out as a songwriter playing publicly or anything and so I said to her, you know, I'm a singer songwriter and it was just really like inspiring to watch you play up on this big stage and made me feel like, you know, I could do that too. You know, it's when I feel like when you hear someone who plays tender songs as someone who writes tender songs and you see it done on a big stage, it's like a great reminder that you don't have to be like, you don't have to be blowing down the house with the sound that you're putting out to play these big stages and to connect with people. And she took me aside from the crowd and she was like, no one, like no one can write what you're going to write and no one can tell the stories you're going to tell. Like, don't try to write anything like someone else would write. Don't try to be anything that you've seen. Like if you do anything, like just, just write about the things that you need to write about because no one can do that, but you, and no one can reach the people you need to reach, but you. And that has stuck with me every day of my life ever since. And I, I, I fall back on that a lot. So there. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So if y'all haven't heard of her after the interview, you can go listen to that after, after you go purchase your CD vinyl or instant download, whatever. Yes. 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 (laughs) Oh, so do you have any guilty pleasure music? And if so, what is it? 
Oh, sure. Of course. Um, I'm not shy about it. I still love to jam out to the Backstreet Boys when I feel like I need it deep, deep down in my heart. Um, And maybe that's one of the things that I would say is like, you know, dance like no one is watching answers also. Um, Love them. Just love them. Oh, Oh, that's great. Hypothetically, if I came to you and said, I need to hide a dead body. Do you know a good Mm. place? I heard Siri does. Oh, Siri does? <laughs> I heard Siri does. If you ask her, she'll say so. I think so. Well, I'm going to probably have to ask Alexa because I um, I have Alexa's. So, uh... Oh, Alexa might know <laughs> yeah. too. I don't know. You'll have to get back to me about that. I will, I will not have to do that. I will be asking Alexa <laughs> and Bixby and all of these things. <laughs> this is going to be a whole podcast in itself now. Forget the crime podcast. This is just how to hide a dead body podcast from <laughs> our services. <laughs> well do you have a game plan for zombie apocalypse oh man run screaming i don't know i (laughs) (laughs) i've always had such a hard time with zombie movies in particular not a fan so zombie apocalypse i have thought a lot about um i think about the potential for you know, a, a general kind of apocalypse happening. <laughs> and I, I wondered if I'm prepared enough. I feel like uh, have my sneakers on is the best prep for any of those possible scenarios. I see those things, movies and all these different scenes with folks. And I'm just like, man, if I was in my flip flops, I wouldn't get very far. <laughs> exactly. That was so, so sneakers are probably it. Well, That's the main sneakers game plan for at any the of ready <laughs> at the ready, you know, so that you can run or that you can walk for seven days until you find water or whatever the situation is. I definitely don't want to be stuck in my heels or flip flops. I'd be right. ruined. <laughs> right. Right. Just like those horror movies where the people are in like heels and you're like, oh, come on. Oh my I gosh. My the entirety of like that. No reason. Yeah. The, <laughs> that whole like Jurassic world, the original Jurassic world movie. Yeah. The original. Um, <laughs> she's wearing, she's wearing heels the whole time, the whole time. Mm. I was like, no, no person would leave them on. Uh, if, even mm. if they were wearing them to begin with, she would be barefoot three seconds. Yeah. In. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We can't wear no way. <laughs> but let us critique your films before you put them out. Come on. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so tell us, what job would you be terrible at doing? So many of them. (laughs) Anything that requires like massive heavy lifting or anything that requires countless hours of number crunching. I think I'd say those would be the ones that I'd be the worst at doing. Not that I'm bad with numbers, but um, my attention span for it is not great. So that would be problematic for me. Okay, so we won't let you do numbers. We promise. You know, just not like long, you know. No, maybe it's short increments, short increments. That's fine. That's fine. I, I can handle the regular life type of math things. Yeah. Checkbooks, things like that. Perfect. Yeah, fine. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> oh, if you won the lottery, what's the first thing you would do? Take a vacation, probably. I would probably take a vacation. Any place in particular? Um, it's funny because what I really want to do right now is go to Europe. We've been, I've been talking about that a lot. and But as soon as you said won the lottery, I thought like, oh, I'd go somewhere with a beach. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere where I can rest. But I think maybe if I won the lottery, it would be like 
it would be a whole lengthy trip that involved a lot of rest. I do a lot of traveling. I'm very lucky to get to do that. I've built that into my life as a piece of, you know, you're a touring musician. That's kind of part of what you do. But it's a totally different thing when there's work involved, even if you love the work. I love the work. I love playing. I love touring. I love it. But getting on a plane with your suitcase and a bathing suit and some sneakers to walk around a European city and then go lay on the beach somewhere is different than having your guitar and a ton of merch and all of the things that you might need and you know so yeah <laughs> totally understandable so tell us what's the last thing you read the last thing i read is a book called under the whispering door i cannot in this moment remember the name of the author and i just lent it to a friend yesterday so i don't even have it on my bookshelf right now uh, but it's it's a it's a novel it was like really easy to read, but also very um, it's interesting. It's, a, it's about what happens in the crossover time and uh, from like this world to the next, the afterlife, what happens when you die. So it was really, it was very interesting and I enjoyed it. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm going to have to add that to my reading list. I, uh, yeah, it's good. It intrigued good me so much. Um, I can't remember the author, but he had a, quite a few. He had a couple about uh, your life after life, and, and I can't remember the other one, but they were really good reads. I'm like, oh, cool. wow, no wonder I feel like I, I feel like I felt this my whole life. Now I get it. Like it, it made some sense to you know the whole. Yeah, anyway. it's yeah. really uh, special when you read things like that, and people have these ideas or thoughts that feel so known to you, innately mm-hmm. known. I love that Elizabeth Gilbert has a book called Big Magic where she's talking about the writing process and the muse and like, you know, all of the different things. But she talks about this thing, this theory I have had in my life since I was young and first going out and playing songs at, at, at open mics and things like that, which is that I believe that when an idea comes to you, that if you don't take the time to grab it, write it down in some way, um, work on it or something like that, <clears throat> that when you lose it, it goes to someone else, someone else picks it up. Because I feel like I've, I've watched that happen, like something that mm-hmm. I thought of or I was gonna do, but I didn't take the time to. And then I heard someone else sing a song that was so very similar, if not like melodically identical in spots. And, and, and yeah. it's just such a weird, interesting thing. But she writes about that in her book. And when I read it, I was like, oh my, I, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying that. Oh, I, I would agree with that. I, I... Yeah, I really think there's some things that just, yeah, it's supposed to come out and, and sometimes it's supposed to come to you or someone else. And yeah, yeah. Just, and I think, yeah. I think part of it, too, part of that too, is recognizing when it's your time to let it go. Like if it's not, you know, you, you're trying to, but you have this idea and you're trying to work on it and you kind of can't yeah. get through it. I think there is a, a point where you're like, okay, this isn't for me. Some, for some, some reason, this mm-hmm. one's not for me. Let me put it away, you know, and let somebody else yeah. take the reins on it. I don't know. Absolutely. I know you love sneakers, but do you prefer boots or heels? Boots. Boots. I have a pair of like ankle, you know, ankle height boots that are just Mm -hmm. flat. They're not quite, they're not quite cow, they're not cowboy boots, but they're not, not, they're like in the family, left to center. They're Americana boots. They're not country. They're Americana. So it's like in the, they're all related and it's in the family, but not yes. directly. Um, and they are my favorite pair of shoes and I wear them all the time. Wonderful. 
who would play you or who would you want to play you in a movie about your life? Mm. <laughs> now, are we talking about who looks like me or who would I want to portray me? Oh, who would you want to portray you? Because not necessarily everyone that looks like you is going to be the best you version. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Oh. Wow. I have literally never thought of that. So <laughs> like, who would play me? I don't think this is the right fit, but I love me some Rachel McAdams. I think that she's a joy to watch. I feel like she could play a version of Mary Scholes. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll roll with that for now. So I'll, 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 uh, I'll come up with different <laughs> answers that no one will ever hear about, but I'll be like, oh, this one. Actually, after the interview comes out, I'll post, you know, after I share it and people have watched it, then I'll do like an Instagram post or something where I re-answer the questions with things I thought about later, just to push people back to the interview. It'll be fun. Oh, that's perfect. I love it. I love hearing different answers. You're like, oh, I thought of the better answer. I woke up, it was three in the morning and I woke up thinking about this question. Oh, so the next one's very difficult. Oh, Where's Waldo? Anywhere you want him to be. <laughs> That's a great answer. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the best thing since sliced bread? Uh, my cats. Your cats all? They're so I love sweet. My cats. They're such cutie pies. They I are like, you know, just. I am, my life is better for having them and I'm a better person for having them. It was something that like I was on tour for, I think it was eight months or something, one year. And they were staying with my parents at the time. I brought them back to Philly and I was like mm-hmm. on tour in Europe and then I was on tour in the US and then I came back and like got a new apartment and eventually brought the cats back out. And once they returned, I was like, oh, I'm going to be so much, so much more of a better loving person for the just like presence. And I think that's like a big, a big thing with animals is that we just yes. connect more quickly to the kind and loving space that we should be hopefully existing in more often. So, so let's, let's, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're the best thing ever. I am um, obviously, cause Jesse wanted to sleep on my lap and here she is during the interview. <laughs> so she gets what she wants. Uh, she is the yeah. baby. So yeah, but I mean, I know we adopted some pets and, and some, some dogs and chihuahuas. And when we adopted them, the one thing I found is we cannot, one, you cannot curse most of the time in my house, they get scared. And two, if you raise your voice and it, that wasn't expected, like it was like a, it scares them. They can get very scared of that. Like, you know, yeah. hide right away. And so, yeah, they're the best. I think they make us better. I agree. I do too. I do too. So would you rather cook or order in? I'd rather eat home cooked food, but I don't yeah. necessarily want to be the one cooking it. <laughs> Actually, sometimes I really enjoy cooking. Um, and I am spoiled because my fiance really likes to cook. And so everything has been very busy recently leading up to this record release. And there's like a million things you have to do to prep for that and for like upcoming tour stuff. And so he's been, he's been so graciously being like, Oh, I can cook tonight. You know, I, I got this. You keep doing what you're doing. And, that's a beautiful thing. So yeah, home, but there's, it's always, yeah, it's very nice. And, um, it's always nice to have a night where you're like, cool, let's order in and, and hang out. And that feels fun. 
and I love that. But I prefer to eat a home-cooked meal as often as I can because when I'm on the road, it's pretty much all, just all yeah. ordering in or out. <laughs> oh, I totally understand that. What's the worst pizza topping in your opinion? Olives. Hmm. I don't like you- olives. It's, it's the only thing that I can like, I mean, I don't, I don't eat meat. So mm-hmm. I'd have a harder time if someone gave me pizza with meat on it than olives. But um, it's like, olives is like the one food that for me, I just like, I can't, I can't. Yeah, you can't on pizza. No, do you eat olives in general though? No, no, they oh, just, okay. they like the taste stays in my so mouth it's... and it doesn't, it's not pleasing to me. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to ask my last question on the pizza, I promise. Oh, I love pizza. We can talk about it all day. Okay. Well, what is your take on pineapple? Um, I, (laughs) I think it's funny (laughs) because people have such strong opinions about it. And I'm like, I just don't, I actually don't even know if I've had pineapple on pizza, but I would be totally game to try that. I think probably because it's like on a Hawaiian pizza and that has ham. So I just have generally speaking avoided that, but like. I would definitely prefer pineapple over olives on my pizza. Okay. So we can, we can figure that. We can try that. We can uh, do a yeah. live video. Um, yeah. now, now see, I do eat meat. So I do like the pineapple with it. I like that salty, sweet thing, you know, but we can Fair find enough. something for you. I'm, I'm there's yeah. lots of options. So we'll figure it out. I don't know what else we would pair it with yet at the, off the top of my head, but we'll figure something out and we'll do a, there are so a many vegan there. versions of meat nowadays. Yeah. We'll just, just something. Yeah. We'll just replace it. Yeah, be- exactly. Exactly. No one will ever know. I probably wouldn't even know either most of the time. So, <laughs> oh, what do you wish would magically clean itself? You know, my the car. house, the car. <laughs> the, my car. My car. I wish the car would magically clean itself. Interior and exterior. I don't keep a messy car. So like, it's not like it gets messy, but it's just, it's, you know, you're just in it, you're using it. It gets dirty and dusty and, dusty yeah. and all yeah. that's just like little, even though you try to avoid it, you think you're good. There's still crumbs, yeah. you know, and like in the corner of the cup holder and you're like, I can't get it even, you know, <laughs> and definitely the exterior it gets like, there's so much pollen and, and dust in the air here. And when I'm traveling and driving around, it just, it just gets, but you know, it's fine. It's easy to take it in and get it washed. If I don't have the time to do it myself but that's still time consuming. So yeah, I'm going to go with either my car or the floors. Ooh, good choice. Good choice. <laughs> so tell us something that's on your bucket list. Uh, it's on my bucket list to play um, a handful of different festivals. So I'll just lead with the Philly Folk Festival, which I haven't played yet. And I would really love to do that so that's on my bucket list oh that would be wonderful i think they should have you because you're from philly i mean i just i'm saying if i can have the voting here i i I get you in right away so but so yeah if i can have a vote or you need help okay now you want to get down i appreciate you do i appreciate let me know i'll let you know i will i will will. any other festivals you want to mention we can try to you know try and bolster it um (laughs) Uh, we'll just stick with that and say just festivals in general are super fun and there's a lot of them that I would love to play but like I would love to play at the Greek theater here in Los Angeles that's a bucket list thing the Greek Hollywood Bowl Mm -hmm. for that matter Um, 
I would love to play all of the big, beautiful venues. <laughs> That's what I would like to do. Those are, they're all on my bucket list. All right, I'll get you scheduled. I hope you don't mind being busy. <laughs> I do not, let's do it. <laughs> oh, if you could be a person or a position, like a person like Dolly Parton, or a position like a doctor or a CEO, who or what position would you want to be for the day and why? Wow. That is probably the toughest question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because there's so many directions to go in that. You say if you could be Dolly Parton, which like who doesn't want to be Dolly Parton Mm -hmm. for the day? That sounds like a great one. Um, I'd also be really curious to be Bonnie Raitt for the day. She's another one of those women I should have mentioned as as an inspiration and influence. I think it would be really interesting to spend the day as a director on a really big film set somewhere like really beautiful. I think that would be a very cool experience. Um, I have, you know, done, I've directed small scale like music videos and things like that. And it's an experience I have really enjoyed. And I think it would be interesting because I've worked on film sets and depending on, it's always crazy, no matter what size it is and, the amount of people working in tandem with each other to get something creatively done is insane and miraculous as far as I'm concerned. So I think it would be very cool and interesting to be a director for a day on a big film set. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Can you call me? Can I just like, you know, shadow you then? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That'd be awesome. I just want to shadow. Yeah, I'll let you know. You've helped me. You've 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 asked me to put it in the universe now, so I owe you. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) I'll I'll bring I'll bring my own water and uh, (laughs) (laughs) just give me a little spot to sit. I'm happy. (laughs) Do you have any words of wisdom that you live by, and if so, what are they? Uh, There's a couple different things that I feel that have things that were said to me that I carry with me. And, um, you know, what I talked about with the, with the Rosie Thomas story is one of them. But when I was very young, I had an experience um, with a girl in, in school that I just couldn't understand. And she was just like getting on my nerves. And I just I just couldn't. And I remember my mom telling me what was going on in her in this girl's life and world. Her mom was sick with cancer. It was very stressful you know, like very trying and tragic time in her family. And like the explanation, like it was like it blew my mind. You know, I was very young and I was like, oh, wow, that can go on. And I could, I could see what it was that was going on that I personally was like, why is she being, you know, like as a, as a branch from this tree of, of challenge that was going on. And I, you know, my, my, I just remember my mom being like, you just have to really remember that you don't have any idea what's going on in anybody's world, you, except for what they show you, which is very limited. And so you have to just, you have to be kind. You have to be kind to everybody. And, and if there's something that is bothersome to you, if, unless someone is being directly hurtful towards you, like you don't have to be around everybody. You can choose to not be friends with people and things like that. But you know, just remember that you don't really know. You don't really know what's going on. And that's, I, that's something I think about all the time, all the time, because we, we do co- we come across so many people. Everybody's got these different personalities. Everybody's operating 
from their personal life experiences that you just have no idea. And when I experience it myself, when like some crazy family thing happens and things are really hard, and then I have to interface with somebody like yourself, even, you know, you get into like these spaces Mm -hmm. where you have to just sort of be, which is not, not right now, but everything's fine today. (laughs) But you know, sometimes you do, you have to get into these. And I, you know, it just is a reminder Mm -hmm. to me anytime I'm interfacing with people where I kind of can't seem to figure out what's going on. It's like, well, could be a million things. And maybe today's just not their day and it's okay. Yeah. You just got to give everybody some grace and, and move on. Exactly. I mean, that, that's beautiful. And then I had a similar story, not, you know, happened to me that, yeah, I learned so much more compassion for others. And this is someone that used to give me, it was to like really pick on me, like really badly. And finally one day, you know, she wanted to start fighting almost with me. And I, and, you know, teachers were like, Oh, what's going on? I'm like, nothing, nothing. I'm like, it's all good. It's all good. And I just let it go. Right. Well, she needed to ride home after school. She was kind of stuck there waiting for family, whatever. And, you know, my mom was picking me up and I'm like, Hey, you need to ride home. I was like, I can't believe I just said that. I'm like, I was like, seriously, this world's going to like beat me up earlier today. And now ask if she's right home. So yeah. And, you know, I found out because then she ended up getting rides home regularly with us, but, uh, you know, she became a good friend and, you know, she yeah. told me, she said that was, I was having a bad time and I was taking out on you and she goes, I'm sorry for that. And oh, her whole story, you know, like, yeah, you know, different stuff. And it just, it always resonated with me that, okay, I was really awesomely nice. And, you know, for me, I thought, okay, why did I just do that? But you're right. Right. You're like second, you're amazing. like, oh shoot, yeah. I just put myself in a terrible <laughs> position, but actually it worked out for the best. It's, it's really, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just very important to, yeah. to, lead with love and compassion and and that doesn't mean that you have to take abuse from people or like let people treat you badly but it does you know you can Mm -hmm. let them be going through whatever they're going through and just you know and there's sometimes you have to set boundaries with some people because there's some people that would obviously take advantage and stuff but yeah oh yeah of course that's a huge that's like i think one of the greatest lessons of of an adult life is figuring out how to properly set boundaries for yourself and which ones are yours like where are your boundaries and how do you set them um firmly and kindly yeah i think that is definitely a a big thing that we should uh have a podcast on we should just have our own (laughs) podcast that says okay here's how we set boundaries is that right i don't know maybe (laughs) we should call mel robbins or you know the better boundary setters and So tell me what else is going on for the rest of this year? Obviously we know the release is coming out and then I'm assuming some great touring is coming up and yes. So the, the release on July 22nd, which I'm very excited about. And then we're doing a a release show that night in Los Angeles. I know you said it's going to air after it. So I won't plug it. Like if you're in LA, come to it, but if you're in LA, Know, know the past and know the future or whatever and come to the show yeah. we're doing the whole seven piece band I'll plug it, I promise us. even without the interview <laughs> um, with special guests and then um, I'm doing a few uh, I'm doing a couple actually uh, James Taylor and Carol King tribute nights up in the central mm-hmm. coast uh, with an organization called songwriters at play and they put on some great shows so I'm doing a performing for those and then um sort of getting more into the fall is when more of the touring will be happening. It's been a really tricky season trying to get tours together. I think, you know, everybody's experiencing this right now because we were all 
on hold for so long mm-hmm. that now everyone is trying to get out back on the road and, yeah. and venues are oversaturated and things. It's been, it's been tricky, but um, I'm doing a big, another secondary big record release show in Philly on September 21st. Um, and then one in New York on September 22nd, which is actually my birthday. So we're going to the East Coast to celebrate my birthday and the record release. And then there'll be more shows built around that that I have um, still working on confirming and, and announcing and all that stuff. Well, extra happy early birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, congrats on the next record release as well. Thank you. I'm so excited about it. And I'm so grateful to be able to have had this this time and chat with you. I'm it's so, it's so nice. And I, I'm so glad to connect with whoever listens and watches. And if you do listen and watch, if this is where you found me and my music, please send me a message on social media and let me know because I always want to know how people are finding me. And I always want to say hi, if, you know, so don't 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 be shy. So everyone go say hi to Mary. Check it out. Check all over socials. Follow all the socials. I'm on everything. Though. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Be reasonable. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mary, for joining me today. It's been a pleasure to chat with you, get to know you more, and uh, talk about your Thank you. Release. Likewise. It was hard for me not to ask you the reciprocal question of all those. Uh, well, we tell, like, well, what about you? What was your favorite concert? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we will have to do a follow-up podcast then because okay. we're starting to get some more coming up and uh, we'd love to have you back for some more podcasts as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you again. I um, I hope to I hope to see you soon and, and good luck with your humid Florida summer. Thank you so much. I, I will be dreaming of the drier weather. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I miss coming west in the, in the summertime here, but yes, I will. Next year. Next year, California is on the bucket list and uh Spending time there is more like it because I've drove through California, but okay, I digress. So yes. All right. Thank you for joining me. And thank you friends for joining us for the episode. Make sure you go check out all the uh, links in description. Have a great day. If you enjoyed today's episode of crazy women country, don't forget to give us a thumbs up. Be sure to click the subscribe button for new interviews weekly. And thank you, friends, for joining us today on Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter.